It is going to be a fabulously fun filled time with Adam F. Thompson. He is an author. He's uh, also a co-writer um, of the Divinity Code, which is how I met him. And it's so crazy because I actually got the Divinity Code. And I think I kind of shared this before, but I got the Divinity Code. I was at a Voice of the Prophet um, I was at a Voice of the Prophet out in Lancaster, and they had all these different books. And one of the books was called The Divinity Code. And I didn't even know what it was. I was like, huh, this is kind of interesting. But um, I, I purchased it. And then through uh, a friend of mine who did the show, Derek Gates, he's like, hey, I, I have uh, the guys who wrote The Divinity Code. I'm like, no way. And so he connected me. And then um, one thing led to the next. And uh, I got to, uh, to meet both uh, Adam and Adrian. And we were, and we have become uh, friends, which is very, very rare sometimes that you, you get to become friends with, um, with people. Um, through through a book, how about that? But we did, <laughs> and Adam has just been such a joy. He's been on our show. I'm so excited. He has just written a new book, and it's called The Elijah Invitation. So we're gonna talk a little bit about his book. We're gonna talk about what's been going on here, and we're gonna get some stuff. Just make sure that you start sharing. I know that Facebook has been very, very slow. I, I see that. Um, that um, we have some Australians in the house who are watching, um, but uh, it's been, it's going to be a fantastic show. So share this broadcast. Um, if we do have some connectivity, hold tight because you know that this is, uh, that means it's gonna be an even better show. So without further ado, I am gonna bring on uh, Adam and uh, he's gonna talk a little bit about what's been going on. Hey Adam, thank you so much for coming back on hey. Touch by Prayer. Thanks for having me back. Glad to oh, see you Oh, it's always a joy. Yes, yes. and. You know, it, it it's really interesting because um, we are in a place right now in the world, not even just in America, but gosh, you know, you guys are going through your stuff. We're going through our stuff and, you know, we have, we have something in common and, uh, and it definitely is um, the, uh, the fear factor <laughs> that is running rampant around the globe. And it's really interesting because in times of, um, of worry and times of trouble, you know, the people uh, of Israel used to look to the prophets and they would always ask the prophets and seek the prophets to find out what they should do and how they should move forward. And so you wrote this book way before this. This, this was uh, based on, a, I think, a vision that you had with the Lord, right? Back in 2017, correct? Uh, visions, yeah, many encounters and visions. Um, uh, but um, first of all, I'll just say that um, there's a lot of there is a lot of fear going on right now, and um, uh, it's one thing to fear the Lord, which is a different type of fear. But um, we we need to sort of uh, this is a great time that now that we're actually at home is to spend an intimate time with the Lord and and, and really listening and meditating on His Word and His promises that brings us in a realm of faith and. Uh, because there's a lot of people out there. I mean, the media, sometimes I do listen to what the Prime Minister has to say, but there's a lot of media, uh, you know, conspiracies out there and um, uh, stirring up fear. So, um, and the book I've written, getting back to the book, is I've, I've wrote this, uh, I started writing it two years ago. And uh, what happened was that um, uh, now, as a, as a prophet, Sometimes when God tells you to release something, it can be scary, but it needs to have a hope and a future. It needs to have an outcome 
of some uh, correction or some sort of uh, a solution to the problem, bringing a hope and a future and bringing peace, uh, peace of mind and equipping people. So uh, if you're a prophet out there and you're growing into a, a or I should say you're growing into a prophetic gift heading towards the ministry of a prophet, we, we really, really need to actually release a prophetic word that brings life. Uh, but there might be some rebuke and correction in it, but as long as the outcome of it brings correction and life. Uh, and, uh, you know, I two years ago I had a, um, a vivid encounter of uh, the whole nation of Australia on fire. And um, uh, it really freaked me out when I saw this, the whole nation burning. And I thought... First of all, when I saw it, I thought, oh, yay, maybe this is the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said, no, this is, a, this is a literal fire. And the Lord spoke to me and said, when you literally see the whole nation burning, Australia, this is a, when you see this, it's a prophetic sign of the spirit of Elijah coming to wow. Australia, but also to the world. And um, I remember posting this word. It didn't go down too, very well. Um, but the spirit of Elijah is very uh, is 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 a good outcome because if God's allowing some things to happen, it says in Christ all things hold together. Then that means outside of Christ things fall apart. But God allows things. He's not necessarily the author of um, uh, catastrophe, but He allows things to happen for people to to uh, run to God or position themselves, and especially with the body of Christ to to start to rise up in power and authority as 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 the spirit of Elijah, and I really believe the spirit of Elijah is coming not as one man, but it's coming in a corporate body, a company. It's a group of prophets that's going to have influence uh, over governments, influence over leaders, and uh, uh, bring yeah, correction. Uh, so it's very powerful. But what happened was that uh, two years ago I posted this word about the fire in Australia, and no one really said much about it. It was like, uh, yeah, okay, let's move on. Uh, so but what happened was, uh, in uh, obviously, last year, 2019, there was this catastrophe and it was terrible. It was a terrible thing that happened. And uh, our nation really, um, there was a lot of people, you, you actually watching the, uh, the local news, people were actually praying because of the fear of, the fear of God that was upon them. People that were saying, that I've never prayed for years, but I've actually started praying. And so a lot of people were humbled through this. And uh, even though it was terrible that lives were lost and uh, homes were destroyed, and I, and I appreciate a, a lot of the Americans as well and appreciate everyone all over the world praying for Australia uh, because we needed it. But what the Lord was showing me in this, that uh, it was a prophetic sign that the spirit of Elijah is coming. And uh, that's so – since I released this book um, – you know, there's things to start. Things are starting to unveil. And let me say this: when I released that word, I started writing this book. Um, I started writing a book about the spirit of Elijah, and um, I really believe we're in a crucial time right now. The body of Christ, the church, is not going to look the way it looks now in the future. Um, so it's 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 very interesting. See, I've written in this uh, in the Elijah invitation about how God. Can put his thing. How God is putting his finger on the pause button. He did it before with with the Tower of Babel in Genesis uh, eleven, where he, um, you know, technology and uh, there was this there was kind of a world order uh, rising up back in that time with the Tower of 
uh, Babel. And, um, but uh, it was actually technology back then. People don't realize that. But God actually stepped in and put his finger on the pause button, confused it all, and shut it down because it was uh, what was happening back then was uh, uh, man's uh, knowledge was increasing and uh, the technology was increasing, but it was, it was going to jeopardize the redemption plan of God. So God stepped in and put his finger on the pause button. And the same thing I believe is it's actually happening now. There's a new world order trying to uh, have influence and trying to muscle its way into society. But I really believe what's happening now, God's not the author of what's, what's happening right now, but God is putting his finger on the pause button because the church is, is not only the world has been shaken, but the church has been shaken as well to actually come together in a whole new light and a whole new way of rising up in supernatural authority out of the intimacy with God. Oh, that's so good. So I'm so glad that I'm so glad that you you really prefaced it and said that that this did not come from God. Because there are a lot of people who think, oh my gosh, God is doing this. No, you know, this is the judgment. No, no, no. I don't believe that. I I, I think that what we're what we're missing is that if this truly were God's judgment, then people would not be at rest. <laughs> people would not be at peace. And I really believe it's this. I keep seeing this as a um, because we have been so busy that we have we have forgotten what rest looked like. And so I believe that God took this opportunity to say, hmm, I think you guys need to rest. I think you guys need to come back and take, like you said, take a pause, take a break, come back to me and come and seek me because that's what we do when in times of trouble, let me tell you something, you could put it, you can fill an entire plane with a bunch of atheists. If that plane starts going down, they're going to be calling for God. I, I, it, it's just because we know whether we want to admit it or not, we do know that there is a God. And so in times of trouble, and when we're, pu we're pushed and we've lost control, that's when we're going to come to him. And he always has welcome arms. He always yeah. has open arms. Yes, so God, like, exactly. God's not the author of a lot of this, but he's allowing it, okay? Yeah, I agree. Because you know, we have freedom of choice. That's the beautiful yes. thing about living on this planet. We have a choice. Um, but, you know, um, I was reading an interesting article uh, this morning, actually, about uh, there's a, you know, how they have um, different uh, power waves on phones. They've got G, they have the uh, uh, 3G and the 4G, well, now the 5G is coming in, and I was just reading about the article, how this article about how China has uh, invented this, a company in China has invented a 5G, and Vodafone is taking it on. But it's actually, uh, you know, not too far away. If it was any stronger, say if there was a, a 6G, then it would be a weapon. It would affect people's bodies because of the, uh, the danger of the um, um, frequencies, the power that's in the atmosphere. Now, I don't know the full tech, uh, the technology on how it works, but I was reading about this, and they're, they're saying, and this is not, this is not a conspiracy theory, uh, but this is actually facts from professors. Yeah. And I've posted the article on uh, my, uh, my uh, Facebook comment uh, from the Elijah invitation. But what they're saying is that uh, the reason why this virus, uh, one of the reasons why this virus is taking place, because this the the, the five G does affect the immune system and uh, affects people's bodies, 
And the 5G is coming in this year uh, to bring a whole change to AI, artificial intelligence. And that's one of the things I've write, written about with the, uh, with, uh, the Elijah invitation is that the enemy is using artificial intelligence. He's using it to control the world. And even uh, uh, ideologies like Islam is going to get a hold of it and use it as well to bring an antichrist uh, religion into the world. But um, uh, so it's interesting that uh, this 5G uh, has just started to be released in the last six months uh, on uh, onto networks, phone networks. And uh, there are saying that it actually affects your immune system and that's why this it actually uh, also the cells in your body become mutated and it can cause viruses like it's happening right now. What What is actually happening with the uh, coronavirus is, is related to the 5G uh, phone networks that's, that's around. It's actually through Vodafone right now. I even have it on my phone. But I'm not, not saying this to scare people, to freak people out, because greater is he that's in us and he's in the world, and we need to be walking by faith and not by sight. Um, and, uh, you know, um, all what's happening right now, you know, when there's a time of, uh, say peace and I'm all for peace and when there's a time of uh, uh, everything going okay and life is good and cushy you know sometimes uh, believers you know and I'm speak for myself we sort of get too comfortable where we don't really sort of feel like evangelizing or we feel like uh, life can be so good we can just take it easy but if God allows some things he, he actually puts a fertilizer around trees that don't bear fruit and he allows this to happen because he he really um, he he's really um, empowering the body of Christ in the next uh, I really believe in this next decade to rise up in such supernatural authority because artificial intelligence is going to have so, so much authority in this world in the next ten years. So we need to step into uh, into the um, uh, step into the intimacy with God, step into that place where we can have where we can receive supernatural encounters to, to bring supernatural intelligence because there's going to be Daniels, uh, Daniels and the Elijahs are going to rise up and stand before kings. And, and it's one thing to move in supernatural authority, but it's one thing to release mysteries, release knowledge from above and bring solutions to the problem. And also on top of that, love on them, the, uh, which is beyond the supernatural authority. The enemy can't love the way God loves. He gets confused uh, when you start talking about the love of God. The enemy can be completely confused. But when we when we stand before leaders and we're full of his love and full of his supernatural authority and knowledge and wisdom, there's going to be leaders that are going to be looking at us like um, Pharaoh when he saw Joseph and said, I don't know anyone so endowed with the spirit of God of this man. And this is Back then, Pharaoh was claiming to be God himself. So that was a big comment coming from Pharaoh looking at Joseph saying, I don't know a man so endowed with the spirit of God as this man. Now, that's coming back to the body of Christ. That's actually coming back in a way where corporately we're going to have influence over governments and we're going to have the authority to activate and have a governmental role of the kingdom into the natural Adamic realm, yeah. which is going to bring a billion soul harvest. It's going to bring change. It's going to bring a shift to the atmosphere. It's going to change the spiritual atmosphere. It's going to override any natural atmosphere of 5G or whatever it is. I, I completely agree. And and in fact, you know, when you start to look at some of these um, these leaders 
that were in difficult times, like uh, Elisha and Daniel and Joseph, you know, it says that the spirit of the Lord was upon them. What makes mm. it so different right now is that the spirit of the Lord isn't upon us, but it is in us. We have a greater capacity to be the game changers because the spirit of the Lord rested upon Daniel, rested upon Joseph, rested upon Elijah. But now it's actually in Adam. It's in me. It's in other believers. Yeah. The spirit of God <clears throat> yeah, is actually in us. And so we're That's able to walk and to decree and declare and to do the miracles and signs and wonders that Jesus was able to do because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. That's awesome because if you read um, uh, the book of Numbers 11, 29, even um, there's kind of a prophecy with Moses said, I wish God put his spirit on all men. You know, um, So um, uh, there were chosen people with the spirit of God coming upon them, as you mentioned, in the Old Testament. But today the good news is God poured out his spirit on all flesh, uh, in accordance to the prophecy of Joel. So we all can move in that realm corporately. See, you are a portal, believe it or not. I know it sounds a bit controversial, but the reality is a portal is a gate. Mm. Um, and Jesus said in John 10, I am the way, the truth of life. I am the gate. And uh, anyone comes in and leaves, go, go into pastures. So we have authority to be two places at the same time. And um, the beggars from our passport, but God begging God to, you know, for his hand to be moved. We are actually part of the royal family. Your royal, we're royal priests and we belong to him. And we have authority. It says in Ephesians 2, 6, we've been raised up with Christ and seated in heavenly places so we can, we have authority as citizens in heaven, as it says in Philippians 4. We have authority to govern from above and not below. So once we start to uh, operate and, be in, and getting back to the intimacy, now that we're at home more, we're giving back to the intimacy of spending time with the Lord, you start to go into encounters. And I teach about this, about going into trances where you're just lying on the bed and sensing his presence. You'll go in and out of trances and God shows you visions as God showed Peter on the rooftop in Acts 10, vision, encounters. And then when God gives you the interpretation, speaks to you, gives you a mapping and authority in that, then you have authority to speak into the natural dynamic realm and change atmospheres. And what happens is that the, the natural laws, um, you don't submit to it, it submits to you. Mm. And that's called walking the way Jesus walked in 1 John 2, 6. That's called a mature believer. Um does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, you know, Jesus said, he said to the disciples, he says, if you say to this mountain, be thou cast into the sea and do not doubt, there's there's that word. <laughs> it's that doubt. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. that we have to believe that what Jesus said really is the truth. Be, yeah. You know, because he says greater things will you do. It says you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You shall cast out demons and you will raise the dead. Those are the three things and greater things and greater things. You know, look at what Jesus did. He walked on water. We can see that he, through his words, not even touching a person, um, raised somebody from the dead, right? Actually, two people, right? He did, not, he did not actually physically go and put his hands on the dead person. He did it from a distance, right? 
his mouth. And he used his mouth. Exactly. So, you know, especially in this time, we are able to still use our authority and use our mouth mm. and our, and the, I do want to go back to what you said about frequencies, Adam, you know, frequencies are very important and people misunderstand mm. the importance of our frequency because we have a certain frequency in our bodies that help us to maintain. And it's actually the frequency of heaven. That's what happens when we are, when we become born again Christians, when we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, our frequencies begin to change because now we're able to pick up heaven uh, quicker and clearer, right? And it says, Mm. and then there are also promises that come with being a new creation in Christ, right? We have a Christ-like mind, so we have a clearer thoughts. It says that, you know, we can also, there are are rules and and regulations with being um, a, a child of the most high God, right? It says though a thousand fall to my left and 5,000 fall to my right. Nothing shall come to me. That is because of the frequency that we now have. So if you really think about what this is doing, this 5G, and we're not going to talk a lot about it, but I do want to talk about, because somebody said, huh? The, the, the thing about changing our frequency is that that is one of the things like frequencies can actually kill cancer. By using the proper frequency, you can actually eliminate and destroy cancer cells. In the same frequency, you can cause things to birth. You can cause things to grow. You can cause things to, to even expand and, and to bloom bigger. So frequency is very important. And if you want to know where the original frequency is, is came it- from, go ahead. Is there somebody questioning about somebody did? Online? Yeah, they 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 put a they put a question mark. So that's I just wanted to kind of go back. But yeah. so well, frequencies actually uh, is the, really is the spirit of God releasing His presence mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know changing atmospheres. And I had a, I had a, I'm not I'm sure if I said this last time, but I was in one of I'm many and heavily encounters. But I was in Hong Kong once, and I was on the edge of heaven. I, I heard these these sounds. Everything was worshiping the Lord. Everything was, um, you know, the plant life, and it was just, a, it, but it was a beyond the normal sound waves. It was a frequency because it's a frequency of worship. Everything was worshiping the Lord, and that's when Jesus um, in Luke eleven, when he went into into Jerusalem on a on a donkey, uh, he ch- he was a, he was the gate with legs, you know, and he changed the atmosphere. He changed the frequency of that whole region when he went into Jerusalem. That's why everybody came in line and started worshiping the Lord. Said, Hosanna in the highest, blessed of here comes in the name of the Lord. And that's why the religious introduced and freaked out. But he, he changed atmospheres. So what happens is I when I came, when I heard these audio sounds, it, was just, it wasn't sorry, it wasn't audio sounds, they were spiritual frequencies. It sounded audio, but it was far above the natural audio sounds. And it was worship. It was just everything in heaven was worshiping the Lord. And I remember the, hearing this song uh, as it, there was this sound. It was just so beautiful. And this song went into a melody. And it was, I didn't see the male ma- person, the, vo- the man, but it was a male voice singing, I can sing of your love forever. And it was going through the whole uh, community. And I remember thinking, I remember that song. I remember. Uh, Michael I remember W. Smith. Worship, you know, I, Wasn't it Michael yeah, W. Smith? Singing, oh, I can't remember, but I remember I, even when I was in this encounter of heaven, I said, I remember this song. I, mean, I used to worship the Lord in this song. And the Lord spoke to me, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, that song existed before it came to, to earth. Mm, come on. And, um, so there's a lot of sounds and wonders, I like to call it, out there. Uh, 
because everything is worshiping the Lord. Every everything, the plant life, every being, angels, and uh, so what happens is when you, if you if you position yourself with the Lord, it's not hard. It's not a difficult thing to do. You just position yourself in worship. Worship is the key and in being intimate with Him. All right, you know, I mean, everything shut down for me with the prophetic because I'm staying home. I've got this massive itinerary. But you know what? Ministry is not important. God is, mm-hmm. you know, and spending time with him, worshipping him, and that's all that matters. And I want to encourage you at home is just position yourself. Even when you come to that place of worship, just lay there in his presence and you can go into that trance where you're half awake and half asleep and you start to hear the voice of the Lord. You start having encounters. And, um, you know, I, I do this often, but I was in Amsterdam and I was going to go. I was I ministered into an amazing church in Ukraine. And this is this is an example, uh, kind of like when Jesus came into Jerusalem. We all inherit this. We in all Christ, the hope of glory, the Colossians one. Christ is in in us, it's in us all. So we carry that same atmosphere of the kingdom and frequencies from heaven. So I was going to um, Ukraine from Amsterdam last year. I get on this plane, and um, I got bumped because it wasn't my same airline I usually use. So I was in the middle of the seat between two people. This guy sits next to me, and he sits next to me, and he basically has, like, after about five minutes, you can see he was really sort of agitated. So he puts a laptop like this between me and my head. (laughs) He puts a laptop, and I'm like, it's weird. It's kind of strange. And so... 75% 75% of the flight flying through, he had the laptop holding up between my head and my head. Like, well, who does that? That's the most weirdest thing. And I go to the bathroom. I always saw the, the, the toilet. Excuse me, you know, get out. And I go to the And as I'm in the toilet, the Lord said, he's a witch. Oh. Uh, a warlock. <laughs> well, that would make a lot of sense. He didn't want to hear your frequency. So, well, he's obviously freaking out, yeah. with the, freaking out with the frequency. No, um, so but um, what happened was I go, oh, so I'm gonna, oh, that's interesting. I'm gonna go talk to this fella. So I go back, and I, you know how I just lost my seat. I'm thinking, where is my seat? Because I couldn't find him. It turned out I realized this is after about five minutes. This is a, the area. This is my seat, but someone else is sitting where this man was sitting. I said, excuse me, uh, this, did you just change? He goes, yeah, yeah, the guy, I tra- the guy traded with me to swap seats. <laughs> so my point is is that uh, is you carry that, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, like you do carry that atmosphere and it's to give God the glory and are the people going to repent and say, what must I do to be saved? And if you humble yourself because and you give God the glory and, and you make the name Jesus greater than yourself by far because he is Lord and King, then you're going to have, you're going to be a walking revivalist. And that's, uh, and I really believe that company of Elijah uh, that's going to walk, there's going to be Daniel companies. There's going to be Elijah companies walking in such authority. That's the, that's going to change, change the world. That's going to change communities. It's going to turn, turn communities upside down. No different to the book of Acts with Peter and, um, and he, uh, you know, also Paul the Apostle, they turned the world upside down. And this is what's going to, it's coming back. So what's happening right now, right, God is 
God is allowing some things to happen because there's a big change coming. I actually wrote a word to a, a prophetic word to the Elijah list recently. I was coming back from, we did do one tour this year, Aussie tour, and we're coming back from Cairns, Adrian and I. And I was, and usually I have an angel, because 2006 I have an angel, had an angel change to me, give me a scroll. And that same angel turns up at the pulpit and I can see what's wrong with the person. I know the condition of their health or their child or their son, what's going on, even names. Uh, so that happens regularly at the conference. I don't think you've been to one of our conferences. Not though, yet, but, but I'm planning. This is what happens. But, um, but I don't usually have that angel turn up usually when it's at the pulpit or sometimes can turn up when I'm in certain areas or I'm maybe like now it can happen. But... Um, I, I come back and we're in the the Virgin Lounge, uh, the Virgin Air Lounge, Australian Virgin Lounge, and all of a sudden the angel turns up behind me in the lounge where I'm just sitting there relaxing. And I have this vision of this beautiful green pastures, this, this whole um, landscape, but this head was glass. It looked like it was a glass head, but inside the head they had these brick walls. Mm. And the Lord showed me in, in this interpretation that, that this was man's knowledge uh, the brick walls of man's knowledge, and there was a resistance of, of of the spiritual realm. And I saw this great shaking happening, massive shaking happening. The head didn't break apart. It still remained, but the walls just fell apart and crumbled. And the Lord spoke to me, and this is not to bring fear, but this is for excitement. There's going to be, in the next decade, there's going to be some major shaking happening. All right, so... Prepare yourself in a good way because this shaking is going to be so big. God showed me that, that it's going to be so huge, this shaking. God's going to protect those who are in Christ, right? So don't panic, don't worry. But those who are outside of Christ are going to be beside themselves. And the Lord showed me such a massive harvest coming. And Jesus said in the scriptures that the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, that doesn't kind of relate to today's society in, in Australia because you think, well, no, no one wants to know God. You know, everybody, you know, a lot of people, not, not no one, but most people would resist it and don't want to listen. But that makes sense when I saw that vision when the Lord said the harvest is going to be plentiful and the workers are few. There's going to be such a shaking. So many people are going to be so primed and the, their hearts are going to be plowed. As I said, Hosea says, the hardened the hearts are going to be plowed and it's time to seek the Lord. And it says that in Hosea, and I really believe there's going to be so many people just vulnerable and willing to hear the gospel and see them like their prison guard. Uh, that was, you know, prison guards can be hardened through circumstances for their jobs. And this is prison guards that kneel before Paul and say, what must I do to be saved in Acts 16 and 31? And, um, you know, this is going to come. This is happening. It's going to be massive. I saw even the political leaders on the extreme left in America uh, repenting and shaking before the Lord and becoming born again. And you know what? I saw in this vision that politics, left, right, political correctness meant nothing to anyone. Nope. And it was just the point of, okay, what do I do? Yep. Show me what to do. Guide me. So – I'm saying this for the body of Christ to get ready because it's going to be massive. And this includes a family that's been hardened for years. It's going to be massive. So get ready and be excited because you're going to see wonders. You're going to see a, a, a billion-soul harvest of what Bob Jones prophesied. Yep. 
I want 100%. The Lord just spoke a lot of this to me just um, last week. And uh, he had me, um, he actually had me write something because he showed me that this, this is just the beginning because I really believe mm. that this, this time that we are sequestered, that we have this place of rest. And I keep thinking about it. Gosh, Adam, I keep saying, Lord, I get another day just to, to do what I need to do for the kingdom. I get, I get to pray. I get to spend time with my family. I get to cook. I, I don't have to rush to work. I don't have to rush to a church thing. I don't have to do anything, but I get to choose I get to choose to spend time with God. I get to choose to worship. I get to choose to pray with friends. I get to choose to write if I want to. And I thought of it and I said, wow, Lord, you are so good. Like you're taking something that could be so terrible and so detrimental and you're actually blessing families and putting them together so that they can work out their differences. You're giving people a chance to call out to their friends that they haven't spoken to just to check up and make sure that they're okay and reconnect them. You you're, you're getting to, to, to write letters or to send texts or to do whatever needs to be done in yourself and, and, and in your life. So, so that you are, so you come into a place of peace because if you are, if you're dealing with stuff, God is shaking us right now. He's shaking, he's shaking people right now. Mm-hmm. And in that shaking, we're getting a choice to deal with it privately sequestered in our homes or, we can then deal with it publicly. Those are the choices right now. Yeah. That's and I, I do believe that a lot of Christians too, and or everybody, that it's going to sort out the chef amongst the wheat. Oh, heck. <laughs> it really is. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, heck. heck You're going to yeah. find out who we really are. Yes. And, uh, and we've been, a lot, of, a lot of the body of Christ has been playing games for years. And I don't mean to be critical. I'm, I'm even including myself. I've played games. We've done it years, you know. Uh, a guy where I just, you know, wasn't really into it. Just rock up at church. We've all we've all done it, you know. Where you have moments where you sort of, you know, you have a bit of a lull with God, you know. But um, I really believe that this is uh, this is the time to really be in His presence and be intimate with Him and seek Him out. You will find Him if you're in this position where you feel vulnerable, because you know it's going to bring the it's going to reveal hearts. Um, even people that you wouldn't expect, it will reveal the true colors. And it's, it's really, you know, I'm, I'm, it's sobering for me too. Well, you uh, know, so I want to encourage you. Look, look, at, look at what a good father does, right? You're a dad. I'm a mom. When our kids do something that needs to be taken care of, we have to address it. We just can't ignore it. It has mm. to at some yeah. point. It gets to a point where it has to be addressed. And I believe that that especially in the prophetic, in the church, that there have been some things that need to be addressed. And so Papa is addressing them. That's all. And, I, and I'm and i so grateful for it because, heck, my hand's yeah. raised first. <clears throat> I, my, my, I'm going to put my hands up first. And I'm going to say, Lord, you show me what I need to deal with in me so that I can be a better yeah. representative of you. Yeah. That's exactly what I teach too, that the discipline, it's good that you brought this up, Lisa, because discipline is not for salvation. That's the big deception about religion. They think that God's 
got to discipline you so that you you can have a voucher into heaven. You know, that's not got nothing to do with that. The eternal gift of eternal life is free. It's a gift, and God never takes gifts back off you. But you can throw it away if you harden your heart, right? But discipline is for you to be able to stand strong in the arena. God disciplines us so that we can represent the kingdom and we can mature and govern. And that's what discipline is about so that we can represent the kingdom. See, it's interesting, Todd Weatherly, a good friend of mine who I was involved with planting the church with um, uh, good 12, 13 years ago now. He's a good friend of mine. He said something interesting on Sunday. He said that um, uh, he said that um, uh, G- Jesus, God punished sin through Jesus, all right? So it's all, that, it's, 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 that's, that's, it's all punished, okay? It's dealt with. But if you don't, if you don't work out your sin, it'll punish you. Sin will punish you, which is very interesting. That um, uh, you know, that there's a grace of God over our life. Sin's been punished, but if we don't work through it and deal with some sin, it'll punish you. Uh, in other words, that you know, you it, it'll mess you up, and you it'll just and it can disqualify you not for salvation, but disqualify you for your destiny. That's so good. Because the grace of the grace of God's amazing. You know? I mean, it blows my mind. But God didn't save us to sit on our hands. No, and you know, and if you really mm. think about it, you know, some of the um, the stuff that you know God is doing right now, He really is. Um, he's trying to show people that you know what the gifts that we have are gifts that we're to use for Him, for His kingdom, because they're they're His gifts. Mm. He gave them to yeah. us. And he's like, hey, listen, I, I have this gift <clears throat> where I'm going to tell you stuff about people. So I want to give you this gift so that that person knows I'm talking to them. But if you choose to take that gift and to use it for your own stuff, he's not going to take it back. But but mm. all of the gifts, all of the gifts were given from him, but for him. And I think that sometimes we forget that, especially, you know, as when you're when you're moving in the prophetic, sometimes, you know, it's you're you're quick to be like, oh, I had this word and and this word and I and I and I and, you, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> no. And he and he and he he gave me a word. It was his word. It was his revelation, mm. you know, and mm. we, we kind of have to. We have to take the word of God. You know, the Lord started talking to me in 2018 and he said that the fear of the Lord is coming back. And I and I was like, well, okay, what what does that mean? Because I have such a um a very friendly relationship with God. I mean, so much so that I can call him daddy. But when I, <coughs> I started to hear a shifting of him. I heard the shifting in him and I started to hear his, his anger against what his children were doing. And I got scared Adam. I got really scared, but not that I was afraid to go to him, but that I was afraid for those who had hurt him because that was coming out of the hurt that he saw was happening to other people. It's like when it, we call it mama bear, you know what I mean? Like if somebody goes after my kids, look out. Just saying. Okay. There is something that happens to a mama bear. When you start messing with her cubs, you have a big problem. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the Lord. We have to remember that whether or not we like somebody, 
a political person or a person in the entertainment business, we still have to remember that God still sees them as his child. And so he wants us to love them the way that he loves them, regardless yeah. well, of what they've done. Yeah. It's like um, the Lord showed me in a vision too, just demonstrated something to me about the love, his love for his people. Mm. And, uh, you know, when someone comes to us and so someone says, I've got cancer, uh, you know, we don't get a hammer and knock them on the head and kill them and say, you know, well, we got the cancer, you know. You know, you know what I mean? Like I had this vision of someone saying, what did you do? Well, we killed the cancer. Yeah, but you killed the person too. <laughs> yeah, but we got the cancer. But what happens is the great surgeons work overtime removing the cancer but prefers, preserving the man. Oh, right? that's good. Uh, and um, and it's the same thing. That's an analogy about spiritual, about the spiritual side of a person. They might be demonized. They might, And we can't actually demonize them, but they might have, they might have demoniacs tormenting them. Right, and um, uh, but what we do is we love the person, but we bind the spirit. We dismantle the spirit mm. because God created them for a reason, for a purpose. There's a blueprint. There's a there's a scroll somewhere that God has for them. So we need to see that and love them, and 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 and, dis- and have the authority to dismantle those the enemies of God, but preserve them. Do me a favor, Adam, because you hit something, and as soon as you said it, I leapt. I, I got excited. Scrolls. Because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people understand that, but scrolls are very important. And we have to understand that we all have scrolls. Each of us has Indeed. a purpose. Yeah. And so can yeah. you kind of talk just a little bit about the scrolls? Okay. Well, scrolls is really, is a vision, a download God gives you. You can word it any way you like, but it's actually a download God gives you, and it can be a mandate for a long term, or you can get other scrolls for a short term uh, a plan that God has for you, like a, a mapping, or you know, like you never go out just for the sake of it and try and take on a principality unless God gives you a mapping and a scroll, just shows you what how to do it in, in a dream or a vision, and uh, that that helps me a lot. I tried to do it outside of that once because I was very ambitious and tried to take on a witch's coven once, but I ended up having a clot and nearly died. Oh. Uh, but you actually, you've got to do it. You can't do it outside of that. You need to actually wait upon the Lord and get him to show you a strategy and a scroll and a mapping of how to, to approach it and what to pray for what, and not necessarily go to the location to pray in the spirit. And that's what intercession is all about as well. But then you can get a scroll for the big picture of your life, even um you know, Jeremiah, when you read about him, the Lord spoke to him when he was a child and he said that um, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. So there was some planning going on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so uh, God knew us all before the foundations of the earth. One friend of mine once said, which really blew me away, he's, it's interesting, he said he spends a lot of time with the Lord and he said to me, uh, God spoke to me. I said, oh, yeah, again. He told me I, I want to get to know you more. I thought, wow, does he know you? <laughs> I mean, you pray a lot. And he said, he said, I thought, Lord, don't I know you? He goes, no, no, no. We were really good friends before you came to earth. Oh, that's sweet. So, yeah, so um, there is, you know, God has designed us before. See, we, we exist in the eternal realm outside of this timeline, and God has given us all a scroll. So, 
if you're not sure of your whereabouts, you're not sure what God wants you to do, God can give that to you. And it's not about what you want to do for the Lord. It's out of the intimacy. It's about spending time with him. And he will show you. He'll give you guidance. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father does in John 5. So everything he did, he only did it by intimacy when he went on his own to the mountain. So he saw visions. He saw the disciples straining at the oar. You can't see that with 2020 vision. You've got to see that in a vision. You've got to see that actually in a supernatural vision. You know what I mean? You can't see that with your natural eyes. So he had a he saw Nathaniel by the fig tree. You know, so he, he got these short-term scrolls that God showed him to who the minister to. I'm sure he would have got something with the woman of the wells. So he had to go to Samaria. So, but also God can give you the whole big picture. For me, I had this angel come to me in 2006 and gave me a scroll and it was like hieroglyphics. It was a diary of 2007 and I had this impartation. I actually left my body, but the angel uh, came to me and angels need to be tested. Those who are listening right now, we don't worship angels, okay, um, but they're, they're part of your ministry team. Uh, Jesus said to Nathaniel, you're going to, wow, you're going to see greater things. You're going to see angels ascending and ascending on the Son of Man. You're going to be a walking portal. That's pretty much what God, Jesus was saying, that we're going to inherit what Jesus inherits. So I had this angel impartation, and since that time I received the scroll, I, I started moving in the words of knowledge. I started having that same angel come to me, and I can move into the words of knowledge. And that's when my whole life changed dramatically. I had more clarity on dreams and visions and so um to clarify it if you're really you know if you really want to know what god wants you to do i just want to challenge you this is a time right now in this lockdown to spend time with him i'm actually gonna uh, i know my mandate but i'm gonna go out in the wilderness myself i'm going up up north uh, on the edge of the outback and it's not the actual outback but i'm gonna go and pray and fast for Probably for about twenty days at least, but um, and I want to. I, I, I'm I'm hungry for more scrolls. I'm hungry to be intimate with him, spend time with him. But I know God's giving me more strategies. So, you know, that's how I roll. And um, uh, you can actually um, uh, you can have the enemy come to you as well, and he has his scrolls. You can try and put fear, through fear, try to put things on you, and you need to shake it off. A friend of mine, he has a generational history in his family where they, their kidneys shut down, right? And I won't mention his name, but he said to me that his brother, the enemy used his brother and said, this is happening to me, it's going to happen to you because you're part of his family. And at night, the enemy was tormenting me. The enemy was trying to come to him with a demonic scroll visions of losing your kidneys and things like that. So he just shook it off and said, no, nah, I, re I, re I rebuked that. He went into the courts and said, no, nah, Lord, you've given me Isaiah 53 verse 5, by your stripes, Lord Jesus, I'm healed, I'm delivered, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, Isaiah 54 verse 17. So he went into all that. And what happened is that he completely kept his kidneys. He's the only one that's actually kept his kidneys wow. because God – because what happened – I forgot to tell you, he he started to urinate blood too in that pro, in that time of fear, and that's one of the signs. But he stood on the word of the Lord, stood on the scroll of heaven that he has a hope and a future, and he became enveloped with it. And you see, meditation plays a big part of receiving a scroll as well. It's wrapping your imagination around the promises of God when you get these visions and see yourself doing it and believe it and seeing it with your imagination, with your mind's eye, 
And that's when you start to, it starts to manifest. You start to open doors. And when I say open doors, it's not the doors of the enemy. It's actually heavenly doors. And Jesus is standing at the door knocking. Mm. And if you open it, he'll come in and be intimate with you. I love that. I just, I really felt that there are a lot of people who don't understand sometimes what the different mandates are and how we're supposed, because especially right now, there are so many people who have been pulled from their work, from their occupation, from their normal, what their functioning were. And so they're, they're kind of at a loss right now of what they're supposed to do. So I, I, we feel like if, if you understand that every single person has a scroll, every single person has a plan and a purpose for their life, every single person. And this is the thing that is, is sort of, uh, well, it's, it's good and it's bad. If you know it now, you can always, you can start working on it because the Lord said that not every single person is when they go to heaven, when they, when they're done with, with their assignment here, when they, when they go to heaven, the Lord's going to show them their life and what they've, what they were supposed to do. And he said, and, and they will weep because they will mm-hmm. see how, where the enemy took them off, how things were derailed. What were the problems? But they're, they're going to see, well, this is your life that you live, but this was the life I always had planned for you. Mm. That mm. was, that was something that um, my father just recently went home to be with the Lord. And when he first, when he first left, um, I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, I, I, I said, you know, cause I was crying. And I said, you know, my dad, I said, I didn't know. And I, I didn't understand. And I saw, and I, and I said to my, I said to Lord, I said, Lord, I said, you know, you know, what the heck he says, he's with me. He says, and I'm showing him things. He's seeing heaven. And so there was this quick, quick vision that I had. And I saw my father weeping. Yeah, and I, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, why is he crying? He says, because he saw the life that I had planned for him. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. You know, the praise God, he praise God, he went to heaven, though. <laughs> oh, yes, my daddy, my dad loved, he loved the Lord. I had a yeah. beautiful yeah. vision, a beautiful vision yeah. of my dad, um, and uh, and the Lord showing him that that it was because my dad taught me about worship because mm. I love worship, yeah. all about worship. Yeah. So, you see, you see, there's a lot of regrets. I do believe there's a lot of regrets in eternity, and uh, not just you know, if you can be, you'd be saved, you inherit. You inherit part of God's family. You're, you're in the kingdom, but there will be regrets because there's a difference between well done, good and faithful servant, and going through the wood hay and stubble. So there's two different entrances. But um, um, you know, there, it's not torment, but there'll be regret if only I did this or you know. And- I think honestly, what I what the Lord was showing me is that He want that He He showed Him He showed Him how things came. So that there was, so my dad didn't have to take that regret with him. Mm. That this mm. was, this came from the enemy. This came from the enemy. Mm. It's never, mm. just like, because there, there was this book that, um, and I've had her on my show, Kim Robinson. She went to heaven and she, she said that when she was with the children who were aborted, she asked Jesus, are they upset with, them? are they upset with their parents? And he says, no. He says, they know they're not mad at the, at the the parents, they're not mad at the doctors or the nurses. Mm, mm. They understand that it never came from them; that it was it was mm. some, another place. And I thought, mm. 
goodness. You know, look how good he yeah. is. He doesn't want us carrying yeah. that stuff in. And so he shows us and says, see, this is where this happened. And this is where this happened. So it wasn't that you did bad, my faithful servant, but this is why you couldn't fulfill what I had called. Sure. And so the sure. thing you weren't able to do, I'm going to now give to your children. Because I don't yeah. believe that. That's good. And purposes stop with us because it, mm. it definitely was something that David wanted to build a temple, but he couldn't build a temple to the Lord. Mm. And so he mm. said, well, I haven't that that is still on your scroll, but now I'm going to pass the, that part of your scroll and I'm going to put it mm. on to your son. Yeah, I mean, what we're trying to interpret is, is the eternal kingdom, which is hard to really in a way because. The emotions are different and then you're in the presence and you see things and you see, have some form of regret and you see see things that you should have done, but it's not the regret the way we no. see it here. And um, so the eternal realm, uh, someone said to me, well, how could who created God? Well, God's always been there. It's another realm. It's, there's no time. It's, if it's, a, it's an eternal realm where this is a timeline where people are trying to filter their mind and their mindset and they're trying to work out things through a timeline. Yeah. But uh, the eternal kingdom is just so uh, so vast, so massive where uh, it's, a different, it's a different place where the presence of God is always there. There's no darkness. There's no manipulation. So, um, you know, um, I really, my heart is for souls. Mm -hmm. That's my heart. Absolutely, um, and I and the book of the Elijah invitation. I've just going back there. <laughs> um, yeah, that does talk about souls, and this is about uh, positioning yourself to move in such an authority in the spirit and the power of Elijah. See, talking about scrolls, uh, Reinhard Bonnke received a scroll. He was really struggling um, when it talked about mandates and what his what his mandate is for his life. He was in Africa and he was ministering to five people and he was really struggling, but the Lord gave him a, a, a scroll, a vision of the whole, uh, the whole continent of Africa washed in the blood of Jesus. And um, uh, he saw the nations of Af Africa washed in the blood of Jesus and the Lord showed him that all of Africa is going to be completely saved. So <clears throat> when he got that scroll from heaven, it gave, he acted upon it. He, 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 he ate the scroll. Uh, you know, he, can, he he enveloped it and basically became that scroll. And that's when uh, uh, the rest is history. You, mm -hmm. know. Um, you know, people, you know, the Germans got a bad rap, I believe, about the Holocaust. I mean, the Holocaust was terrible. It was horrific. But, uh, you know, Hitler wasn't even German. He was he was Austrian. And um, But um, what's, what happened in the past, it happened. But let me say this. You know, the media go uh, go on about it, and you know, and people say how terrible it is, and it was terrible. It was a horrific thing that happened, and I pray that it won't happen again uh, to planet Earth. But um, the media won't talk about another uh, a German uh, man of God that actually out-trumped the enemy and led something like seventy people, seventy million people to Christ into the kingdom. Mm. So you know, so I think the Germans have got a kind of a bad rap with history, but the, the, but not a lot of people know about Reinhard Bonnke, a great man of God, who's a German who changed the world really. Well, and he uh, and seventy-five million souls. But so. his scroll isn't finished. 
Because just like no. in Elijah, see, I'm going back to Elijah, <laughs> just like Elijah, you know, he had a scroll, he had a destiny. And so when Elisha was with him, he said, can, uh, he goes, what is it that you want? He says, I want double. He wanted the firstborn's blessing. He wanted the double. He wanted the double portion. He oh, wanted oh. the mantle and he wanted the scrolls that he didn't accomplish. Oh. That's what oh. Elisha wanted. Yeah. I had that with Paul Kane. I saw Paul Kane. I don't know if you know about this, but before he passed away, um, not a lot of people know this. I've shared this a couple of times, but um, he rang me and, um, and uh, we're having a conversation. I didn't believe it was him first because it was through the Facebook. <laughs> but the Lord spoke to him, and I won't go into details because it's pretty personal, but you know, he had these issues, Paul Kane, and, um, you know, he had his problems and um, and he he's repented and he had struggles and some other ministry restored him. And he was doing some ministry towards the end. But I went to visit him, um, Santa Marie, and um, uh, my wife and I visited him and sitting there listening to him, story, telling stories about William Branham when he used to minister with him and some of the stories were quite amazing. But... He prayed for me, and uh, and this is not just for me. This is for the prophets, modern prophets. But he prayed for me, and he imparted everything he had. And uh, it was like as if it was just incredible, the impartation. And uh, my mandate is for the corporate company to rise up in 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 the matter, in in the um, in the ministry, I should say, of of like Branham, William Branham, or Paul Kane, of the past, and it's going to be a company. But when he prayed for me, and Paul and I received this impartation, uh, the day after he he went into hospital, and um, he came out again for about half a day, and then he went back in again, and he wasn't well, and then he never came out, and he passed away. So. Um, uh, I really believe when you're talking about Elijah and Elisha, I'm not saying that I'm getting double portion of um, Paul Kane, but I really believe it's significant. My mandate is to equip the body of Christ to have a prophetic voice. The body of Christ is time for the body of Christ to be prophetic. I agree. Jesus is this. Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and it's time for the church to rise up prophetically and not shove it aside and put it out on the fringe with you know, the, the lunatic fringe people out there that prophesy. No, it's time for the for Jesus to start prophesying in the church. Absolutely. And I'm I'm just gonna go one step further, you know, that we can we might sit there and we might put fingers towards different prophets. Well what is it important if you don't <coughs> know somebody's uh, phone number or, or social security number? I'm watching The Chosen and you and I both love The Chosen. Um, oh, and production. Oh, it's amazing. And there is a scene with the woman at the well when Jesus starts to tell her everything, who her first husband was, who her second husband was, and that he smelled like oranges. And so every time she goes and she sees an orange, she has to pick it up and smell it. Okay, that is is prophecy. That is knowing something that there's no way that he could know. And it got her attention. No offense to people who are happy with, I see that the Lord has something big and he's about to open the door and he's giving you the key to walk into a new place. 
Mm, awesome. That's a that's a great word. But that could well, be that's what Jesus did. And that could be a word, but but that this is the thing, Adam. That word could be for anybody. I'm talking about specific words where you yeah. are calling somebody out. You are telling them something so significant, so personal, so detailed mm. that there's no mm. way you could possibly know it. So that that person says, that is not you, but that is him. That yeah. is the kind of prophecy yeah. that doesn't point to man, but points to God. Because when you yeah, have, well, and that's, that's you, that's how you operate. When you operate in the mm. prophetic, the words that come out are not like these, you know, can pretty much be a, you know, one size fits all. No, it's very specific and it's for, for mm. a, a purpose. Yeah. I want to encourage some of the people who are growing in the prophetic gifting. It's okay to miss it. Oh, absolutely. Okay? As, you're, as you're growing, because it says in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, there's room for error there. It says that every word needs to be judged. Um, so that doesn't mean they take you out and stone you if you get it wrong. Thank goodness. Um, but, <laughs> they <laughs> but, used to. But, you can, but there's room for growing, you know what I mean? So uh, if you make it, if you miss it here and there, we all miss it. And uh, it miss, sometimes, you know, like I'm very accurate and I say that confidently through our testimonies, so probably 90%. But every now and then you might miss it or you might misinterpret the vision, you know, you're getting. But it's, it's refreshing because of what, it keeps you humble and also it means that you're not getting stuff off Facebook. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> so so uh, it's, it's refreshing. So be encouraged. A true, a true prophet is not necessarily whether he misses it or not or he's accurate. Uh, that's part of it. And you need to be accurate. You need to grow into it. You, you grow into the, you, you, it says in the Hebrews 5, you practice your discernment, you learn the oracles of God as before you go into maturity. And, uh, you know, a, 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 a true prophet actually is, has a heart. When people look to you, you don't, that you're not a point of worship. You actually lead them into the presence of God. You say, no, this is the one, who, the king of glory, as, as you know, this is the one you should follow now, like the Baptist, you know. So that's a true prophet. Um, you know, some false prophets can be accurate. They might be tapping into another, in a mixture, wrong spirit, you know. But and then if they're accurate, right, they can be still false. And this is the sign that they're false. If they're looking to that person and you're the guru, he's the guru, and it becomes a bit like a cult and he's the man of God and everybody has to come to the man of God to listen to him and get a word. And there can be kind of manipulation out of that. That's dangerous, okay? And then they separate themselves from the body of Christ and they're not listening to anyone except one person. That's a false prophet. That's so good. So I just want to, I want to encourage you with that. Um, there's a lot of teaching we have online. Uh, we usually do 10 registrations through every conference. We're not doing any conferences at the moment. But but if those who are watching, uh, we, we, we don't do – we don't do hundreds of registrations at a time. But if you want to inbox me on my Facebook, the first 10 people that inbox me, I can give you an opportunity to register online. We do have a school online if you're interested. But just inbox me on that as well if you want to learn more. There's Adrian Bill is an amazing teacher as oh. well. Um, yeah, he's a great teacher. I honour him as a friend. Him and I are a bit like, you know, we, uh, we're the real deals, but we're a bit like an Abbott and Stello show. You know, it's a bit funny as well. <laughs> He's on first base, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, but it's it works, and uh, God has put us together. Uh, so I want to encourage you with that. If you want to learn, you can. 
the first 10 uh, persons to inbox us, Tom, the guy who manages it, will um, uh, we'll give you the opportunity and we'll, we'll talk to you about it. And I, I do also want to um, encourage you guys um, to get this book, The Elijah Invitation, because, you know, what we've been talking about is it, it's it's relevant to what that book is, because as we're coming into the end times and there are things and prophecies that that Adam has seen and, and you know, we talked about artificial intelligence, we talked about the 5G, we talked about this, but the, the truest thing about Elijah, and this is the difference, this is where... What um and you and I had a conversation back when you were writing this book and uh, I and I said to you I said I see the the a showdown between the the uh, prophets of God the Elishas and I said and the um and the prophets of Baal so yeah and I said I you know you and what's really interesting about this is that if if you really think about it that when you are are truly truly operating and and um and you understand the mantle of a prophet, what a prophet is supposed to do, that the prophet has a continuous conversation. Because even when Elijah called and said that there was going to be a drought, okay, a three-year drought, when it was time for the drought to end, he got down and he prayed. Then he, he said to his servant, go and look. And so his servant went to go and see if there was a cloud. And he said, I don't see anything. And, and Elijah went back down on his knees. See, a, a prophet mm -hmm. is willing to stand in the gap. A prophet will go down to his knees, will humble himself. And so as we're looking at what the prophets of Baal were, the prophets of Baal were, were, were not showing God. They were, they were, I, I, and I don't want to call, I, I really want to be very, very careful how I'm, I'm saying this, but I'm, I'm trying to say that the power of God is a place of reverence. It's a place of humility. It's where you bow down because you know that you still have to submit yourself to the Father. But the prophets of Baal, they'll stand up. They'll speak and they'll say, well, I've done this before, so I can call down fire. It's not mm. going to work that way. You're no. going to start, the Lord really started to talk to me about what this is going to look like. And he said to me, he says that um, his children are going to, because of this, because there are people of different denominations who are finding programs, who are finding um, different pastors and speakers and prophets and teachers through Facebook. And so they're tuning in and, and getting bits and pieces. And the Lord said to me that after this is over, that they're going to go to their church and they're going to realize it's a dead church. And I'm not trying to talk death into the church, but I'm trying to also bring realization that, that your book, Adam, is dealing with something that is so so relevant right now because we really have to take, take that invitation to become mm. the prophets of Elijah, to mm. be the ones mm. who call down the fire and we can wet the entire, you know, pour water and, mm. and do whatever we have to do to not let it burn and still know that the fire of God is going to hit it because of what we mm. carry. And the Lord mm. said that there's going to be places where they're going to just leave the congregation because they're going to realize it's a dead church. It's a dead system. And they're going to be going to places where they see either the cloud by day or the fire by night. That's where we're heading. Mm. That's where we're mm. heading. I hundred percent agree. We are heading that way, and it's a, it's a, it's a place of no. It's just it's a time of 
you got no choice, really, in a way. It's either you're either going to be hot or cold. That's it. You know? And um, I had an encounter, and I shared this. I've written this in the Elijah Invitation as well, and I've shared this so many times. But it's about 2002. The Lord showed me a vision. There's a time coming where uh, the church is going to have a sanctified separation. Mm-hmm. Now, um, uh, God's not into separation, you know, uh, or divorce, but there is a sanctified separation. He showed me, and He brought me to the scriptures in Genesis 13, where Abram and Lot are separated. Uh, and a lot went down to pitch his tents next to Sodom, and he was associated with Sodom, and, and Abram went towards the promise, which is Isaac. Mm. And, uh, and, I, and even though that literally happened in Genesis 13, there's a parable there where the Lord is showing me that, uh, that he showed me that the church in the future, this is 2002, in the future there's going to be a sanctified separation mm. where the church, there's going to be the carnal part of the church is going to, going to pitch his tents next to Sodom. It's going to associate the world. It's going to take grass, but it's going to be submissive to the political correctness of this world. And it's going to be kind of allowing uh, sin to to take over. But then there's another part of the Abram part of the church is going to go towards the promise, which is Isaac, uh, which is uh, a billion soul harvest as, the, as, as, as Isaac or Abraham saw this, the, the stars of the heaven as a sign of revival as well through Christ Jesus. And I, the Lord showed me this is actually happening now. Even one of my pastor friends, Paul Toddy, said, dude, that word you prophesied years ago, it's happening now. Oh, heck yeah. Because now, because now churches are a flat line right now, literally. I mean, they're all online, which is great, but, you know, now this is, this is the rubber meets the road. Are we going to go for it? Are we going to go all with God and be ambassadors and be signs and wonders with legs? Or we're just gonna just remain an institution and submit to the world and be a part of Sodom. What are we gonna do? And that's that's the other thing. I, I also believe that um, that the Lord has been really talking to me about um, that. You know, we we have to make church church, not a show. It's not a show. We're not mm. putting it on display as a spectacle, mm. as as, yeah. a, as part of our performance. You know, yeah. that is not who he is, but there is a reverence, there's a holiness, there, there is a, um, a worthiness that when you worship, mm. worshiping because he's worth it, because he's holy, yeah. you know, mm. that speaks the word of God because it's the truth, because there, yeah. there's relation in it, there's life in it. That you're not just having church because it's something you do, but it's something you are. Mm. There's a big yeah. difference, and this especially. Yeah. Um, there, there. I've been doing um, prayer time uh, at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, and I, I, I slipped a couple of times, and I called it a show, and I literally repented for saying that because it's not a show; it's a time mm. of prayer, it's a time of holiness, mm. it's a time of sanctification. Mm. And so, yeah. I, amen. That is that's the other thing too, you know. Church is going to stop being this this place where you just go to feel good, but nothing changes. I, I was at mm. a conference mm. where um, somebody very amazing, prophetic, and and a general in, in the Word of God. 
you know, she was calling and saying that the glory of God is coming and that she's going to release the glory. And as people were running up, I was getting angry at him. I'm like, I don't, why are you going up there? You're not doing anything with it. Go sit down. That, that was my, that, and I was like, oh, I might like that. But, but there's a truth to it. It's like, listen, don't go up if you're not going to do something with it. Because what mm -hmm. people don't understand, and this is what really is going to start being taught, is that that impartation is for a reason. And if you do nothing with it, you're going to be held accountable for it. God is not exactly. trying to do that. He's trying to exactly. make you do something to go do something with it. And if you're not going to do something with it, but you go up and say you're going to do something with it and you don't, you will be accountable for it. You will. I agree 100%. You know, um, one good thing about I love about my church, Field of Dreams, uh, my good friend Todd Weatherly, who's a senior pastor, you know, it's Field of Dreams, some people – they come and they, they're a little bit intimidated, not intimidated, but a little bit challenged, I should say, and they leave because Field of Dreams is a church where it, it wants to equip people not to stay there and just sit there and pay tithes, mm -hmm. but equips people to fulfill their destiny, to walk the talk, to be empowered. And there's people that have been released internationally through Field of Dreams. Uh, I'm one of the first fruits, even though I, I was involved helping Todd planning it with Todd and Rachel initially. I was a pastor there for nine years, and I, I know what you mean. People come up and they, they just want, you know, there's some people who want to be wet nursed or the people who just want to come up and just get a, you know, a lay of hands on them and they go back to their normal life. And, and that, look, we've got to be merciful and compassionate to certain people in certain places. Right? We don't want to put anybody down. But there's the church. I'm, I'm saying to you, I'm telling you this because churches, a lot of churches are like that. It's like a merry-go-round. I'm not pulling down the church because you, you can't speak against the church uh, because uh, it's, it's, it's the bride of Christ. If anybody speaks against my wife, naturally you get a bit, you know, toey about it. So we've got to be careful what we say about the bride. But however, there is people that just are not doing anything. They're not bearing fruit. And, there's a, and, and what you're saying, I agree, is this is a time now and field of dreams have this ability to equip people. It's like, Kind of Todd's like David, where he equips David's mighty men. He has that ability, and uh, and that's what churches. I'm not saying sort of dreams the be all end all. It has its issues as well, but that's the way churches got to be to equip people to rise up mighty men and women of God and release them into their destiny. Amen. And that's what I believe we're going into. I mean, as we're going to be, you know, we're doing things online. We're doing, you know, the that that kind of show isn't going to work anymore. Because it's no, that's right. you just kind of scroll on by. Unless you're getting fed, unless you're getting something from it, you're just going to be like, later, Gator. So there's yeah. something that I believe this resets. A lot of people have been using that word reset. Um, as, you know, we are being reset into, you know, into an invitation to come up higher. As we're getting that mm. invitation from the Lord, come up higher. Come and let me show you some stuff, you know. Um, it, it's basically the invitation that Elijah got. And I think that Amen. your book is going to help people to, uh, <laughs> are you getting hit over there? <laughs> well, yeah, when the anointing hits me, I'll turn into a thunderbird. You know? you're, yeah. getting, you're getting hit over there. Well, did that angel show up? Do you have some words? <laughs> no, no, I just, just feel in the presence of God. It's strong. 
I haven't sensed anything, any angelic activity at the moment, but I just felt the presence of God hit me then. Well, I'm just saying that this invitation, like in your book, that there is an invitation that God is giving right now. And so as as people are wanting to go more, are wanting to go deeper, are wanting to go higher, you know, that invitation is open. It's not an invitation mm. for just um, for, for certain people, a select few. It's open for everybody. That's what's so beautiful, Everyone. right? And so even if you think, well, goodness, you know, they've, they've been here, they've done that, they've been doing this for blah, blah. No, no, trust me. I can tell you, I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing, but I did know. I did know that Jesus, I did know that Jesus was real, but I knew that there was so much more. I knew that there mm. was so much more. And so I just pressed in. And when I pressed in and I started to just ask, and then the Lord met me right where I was and he started to open up doors. And so that's what I really feel that your book is going to do. It's going to start pushing and prodding and getting people to be like, wait a second, wait, this is coming. Wait, we need to stop this. We need to pray into this. We need to do this. And we're going to start to understand through your, you know, through your book, through the revelations that you've had and, and the different encounters that you've had and the, the purpose for this book, because this book, it, this has a serious purpose. This is not, this is a serious purpose book, <laughs> you know, and, and there was a lot of warfare to get this book done. Oh, this was the resistance. I've never experienced anything in my life with this. Um, some people sort of hit the wall trying to put it together. My son, who was working on, did an awesome job just managing it all for me. He said, Dad, I've never had suicidal thoughts in my life. So there's such a resistance. The enemy was resisting so much on this. It took two years to put it together. So I'm glad it's done. You can actually get it. You can download it on iTunes um, or you can download as an audio book. Now, there's do you read it? Book. I was going to ask. Do you actually do the reading of it? No, okay. it's another Aussie guy. Okay. He's got a great Aussie accent. Okay. Um, but you can or you get it down on iTunes for your iPhone or you hidden for Android. You can get it on um, Google. Mm. There's also an audio book on Google. And you can get it obviously on Amazon as an ebook, or they can post you a book if you order it. That's as right. Well and Kindle too. It's also on Kindle. So you can Kindle, get, you can get yes, it on Kindle because there's that. Yes. But, um, but yeah, there's um, – yeah. so um, now I'm getting hit. Can I say one more thing? Sure. You said something which I really believe the Lord wants to speak to some viewers out there. Um, you know, you're probably thinking, well, how could God use me? You know, God wants you to be available because a lot of people have refused the mandate and God's looking for others who are willing. Because right? um, I remember this man, uh, it wasn't a mentor, but he inspired me. He he, he, he was called, they called him the, the Benny Hinn of Asia. He was mo moving in such massive stadium ministries of healings and his shadow would heal people, this guy, right? And he's passed away to be with the Lord now. But, you know, I went to sort of, first time I connect with him, sat down with him to meet him, you know, I was a bit shocked when I saw his appearance. He looked, you know, he looked like Uncle Fester, you know what I mean? I don't mean to be disrespectful, <laughs> yeah. but... I thought, and he was talking to me as he's eating rice, and he's spitting rice on me as he's speaking, you know. And he sort of talks really sort of like, and I thought, how did God use this guy? I know it sounded a little bit superficial, but back 15 years ago, I was working out that superficial personality. 
But um, I thought, how could God use this person? And the Lord spoke to me and said that, you know, someone, because someone else turned down the mandate. Oh, come on. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about so, that. And this guy was, uh, and he was amazing. He, he, was, he, he was really eccentric, but he moved in power. They called him the Benny Hinn of Asia. All Asia opened up for him. 6,000 people stadiums, you know. Yeah. Phew. Come on. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It, 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 I always say, God used a donkey. Hello. <laughs> if he used a donkey, he can use me. Exactly. Seriously. I mean, I, I'm just being mm. very real about it because mm. I'm, I'm just a Jersey girl. That's it. I'm yeah. just a Jersey girl who said yes. Well, and that's how I see myself. I'm, I'm not just a Jersey girl, but I'm just you know, <laughs> who I am. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I mean, God used me. Look at me. I mean, you know. I must have I mean, look at look at us. I mean, you could be. <laughs> oh man! At least you're better looking than me. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, oh man, I'm getting hit. Oh, <laughs> whatever you have over there, uh, game over here, because I'm getting, I'm definitely yeah. getting a little bit of joy juice. So, woo! Great start. Great start. Um. No, it's been good. I mean, love. I love doing these interviews with you, Lisa. You're one of the best ones. So. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. I, I, I think you guys. I think that both you and um and Adrian are so awesome. And I love like, that I can say that we're friends. I love that. Yeah. I love that. We've known each other for quite a few years. We now. have I mean, about five years. Yeah. Mm, so. You know. I mean, it's great to connect, but we will connect again in New York sometime. Yes. Well, I'm hoping that when you and Paula come to New York, that we'll be able to, uh, my husband, Rob, and I will be able to come out. You know, yeah. that we'll, would be fun. I think we're not going nowhere at the moment, but we'll probably be postponing all that. So maybe next year. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I uh, Okay. So I, I'm going to say I really believe this thing is going to be done by, by Passover. I really, I've been feeling I hope. Well, if that's the case, well, we'll see you in New York. Yes. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. My, I'm planning on doing my conference. I'm doing my conference, yeah, and that's in May. And until the amen. Lord tells me, you know, don't, I'm doing it. Mm. I mean, I would never I'm, do I'm expecting, I'm expecting it to change quickly. Yeah. I'm not being negative, but I had to credit my flights back because they, the con they contacted me in the airline sure. and stuff like that. So I've got a lot of credit. But I mean, good. I'm, get, get, I'm telling you, it'll be fine. I'm telling yeah. you, this there there is um, a divine reset. There is something that's coming that is going to be good, as you said. I definitely believe Amen. that we are being prepared and equipped in this secret time right now, in the secret place that we are mm. sheltered inside Him. That um, you know things were were crazy and but now they're kind of settling down and i just believe that as we keep um there's an angel in here Woo. um as Ooh. we keep um wow oh um as we just you know keep pushing in and just keep saying okay lord show me show me show me show me we're going to start to see <laughs> We're going to start to say. <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting wet. I know. What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, 
Jesus. Oh. Hallelujah. Okay, so I've been asking for more joy, but <laughs> oh, you know, you know, you want some more? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna send it out. <laughs> oh Lord, oh my goodness, and you know that—that's the—that's. That's the wonderful part. I hope I hope that you guys are feeling what I'm feeling. There's actually, I wish I could take a picture, but there's like this cloud that's right in front of my camera right now. There's like this, like I'm seeing like a cloud. It's like a, it's very hazy. Oh, yeah. It's cloud. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, and that's, I really believe that, <laughs> that, um, that this book, it, it has, it has, it has the fingerprint of God on it. It definitely has. I got to read. I got to read the um, the original version, which was like, yeah. you know, you're like, wait, I am working on something here. Let me send yeah, it to yeah. You. Some, there was a lot of teething <laughs> issues with it, mm -hmm. but Stephen Schultz has endorsed it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Ken Fish has written a forward. He's written a chapter, and he's been very good. Mm -hmm. um, so um, you know. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't want to endorse it, but I think they're a bit freaked out by it and said, look, you know, because of the Islam, bringing out Islam. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're fine. We're still good friends with my friends that, re that refuse to do it. But, um, but, but I really take my hat off to Steve Schultz. He's a good friend of mine, and he really uh, embraced it. And I think he's going to uh, – we're going on a show. I'm going on a show to – I was supposed to be. We're supposed to be doing many things, but things haven't actually happened at the moment. But – but um, I really uh, believe that this is a divine book, and, and yes, uh, we prophesy in part. But please be encouraged by this. The outcome of this, I even have encounters of one of my friends who was hard and resistant to the Lord, but he ended up, uh, you know, he ended up crossing over into the kingdom uh, before he passed away. Come on. Uh, so, so uh, and also, um, you know, Bob Jones, he was a bit of a space cadet, but I honor him as a prophet. Uh, even though he was like Major Tom, but he, but God basically, <laughs> but God spoke to him. He did. He was a, he was a freak. I, and he, you know I what know. I love about him? He didn't care about he didn't conferences care. or anything like that. Nope. And, in, and even my mate Jeff Jansen said, you read, sometimes he just doesn't answer his phone. He's like, it's like one of those dogs out the back just want to get the sun to get the sun rain, just ignore everybody, you know, just laying on the lawn. <laughs> He's a bit like that. He he, he just goes loves to be left alone, mm -hmm. like like that, and. And just enjoys just the sun and just relaxing and doesn't want to talk to anybody. But when he gets something, bang, mm. he gets the word of the Lord. Mm. So, uh, but God spoke to him about a billion soul harvest, and uh, and I, I that witnesses to me, and God showed me the same thing in this book. Mm. So. Well, He's definitely mm. showing me that um, that this is um, that there's this is the preparation for the leaders because we do we do have a harvest. I've seen it. You know, I had, yeah. I, I've had some visions of, of, uh, of Jesus in the harvest field. So it's, um, it's definitely coming and people, you know, people could say, oh, is this the end? Oh my goodness. Jesus is coming. Oh, yay. Oh, please don't say that. I'm just saying, <laughs> don't say that. We got, we have so many people that still don't know Jesus. They just don't. I, I mean, people are like, well, you know, the, the gospel has been preached all over the world. Whose gospel? Was it man's gospel or was it Jesus's gospel? Was it a gospel of love or was it a gospel of rules? Come on now. You know, when people hear the true gospel, most of them say yes. Most. Not all, but most. 
And so I think we would have a better turnaround. And if you actually have seen um, the movie uh, um, uh, uh, Holy Ghost, was it Holy Ghost? I think it was Holy Ghost. Um, and it had, um, it had uh, um, uh, Jamie Galloway and it had uh, Will Hart and uh, they were in, uh, they were actually in uh, Utah and they were, there was a, a past, there was another pastor from England who was cursing and mocking the Mormons. And he was just talking all kinds of stuff. And you have Will and Jamie walking around and saving people and prophesying to people and people getting healed and people getting set free and stuff. And this little old man who's, who's sitting there trying to beat people with the Jesus stick. And it's like, it's going to be love. It's going to be love that mm. makes the difference. And that's what I love exactly. about you is that you are, are full on 100% loving people. So thank you so much for, for coming on and for, for laughing with me and sharing your book with me and also your awesome um, wisdom and revelation. And I, I honor you. I do honor you, Adam. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Lisa. Absolutely. Um, I really appreciate the friendship. And, um, um, and look, you know, this is a great time and I want to encourage you all to uh, really see this as a window and as I am seeking God and, and going to another level, and um, it's kind of like a metamorphosis. You go from transition into a beautiful butterfly. I see that with many of you. That's awesome. And so if you guys yeah. are interested in getting the Elijah invitation, you can go to Voice of fireministries.org. You can get it there. You can also get a Kindle through Amazon. You can get a hard copy. Heck, you know what? People need books to read. Why not buy one for yourself and get one for a friend? Get yourself the Kindle and send somebody else a book because you know what? This is a great time to really be sending people gifts because we can't be with each other. So why don't you send them something that might open up their eyes and some deeper revelation, especially because there are people right now who need to be comforted. So I'm just saying, yeah. and if you have never received or never gotten a copy, copy of the Divinity Code, you need to get, if you have dreams, you need to get a copy of the Divinity Code because yeah. that book, come on. That is, it's, yeah, it's, it's like our bestseller. The, and come on, you have to get it. And I'm just going to give you guys a sneak little, shh, don't tell anybody, but guess what? Adam and Adrian are writing another book on angels. Oh, yes. Yeah. So they're going to be yeah, back. It's coming out. In October. In, uh, coming out in October. Yep. Yeah. So they're going to be back on my show in October. We're going to talk about it. So mm. thank you so much mm. for, again, coming on. And uh, and thank it's you guys for, for tuning in. Get your copy of the Elijah Invitation. Check out Adam's website, voiceoffireministries.org. Send him some love. <laughs> Don't forget the first 10 people who go and they sign up, they get to register for a class with Adam and Adrian. I am telling you, you will not be sorry. Yeah, it's an online school. It's so. an online school, so you don't have to go to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in on thank this you. special night. Remember to go out and touch someone. God bless. Bless you.